Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about John Wick, Chapter 4, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Air, Super Mario Brothers, and more. Courtney is here. How are you, Courtney? Hey, hey. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me back. We love talking movies. Yes, (laughs) I love it. There are so many movies coming out this year. Yes. In comparison to the last few years because of COVID and everything else, I can't even believe how many are out there right now, which is fun, right? Because every time you go to the movies, you see the trailers, the previews of everything coming out. So it's exciting because you're like, oh, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. So I would love to know. And our question of the day is, what is your most anticipated film for 2023? Well, first of all, before I answer that, I'm going to just go back to the trailers thing because, you know, in COVID, like finally when movies came back into the theaters, we'd been watching the same trailers for like two years. (laughs) Yeah. So thank God for new movies and schedules catching up with making new movies because finally new trailers are out, which is also super exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we used to get to the movies like 30 minutes later because they really are like tra- trailers are running 30 minutes into the, the movie are. experience, which is crazy bonkers. Um, but anyway, so now we'll try to get there on time so we can start to see some of the new trailers. And one of my most top anticipated movies coming up is also one of my favorite trailers, which is Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. <laughs> I can't not wait for this movie. I am in awe of the CGI that they were able to do to age Harrison Ford backwards. I, I don't know how they do that. And it looks like it has all the magic of the original Indiana Jones films, just the adventure and the fast paced dialogue and the quick uh, stunts that are jumping in, you know, in and out of these tuk-tuks <laughs> that are going through the streets of wherever they are, Morocco, or I can't wait. I think I have seen it once, but I don't remember seeing Harrison Ford being aged backwards. So maybe I m- missed part of it or I don't yeah. recall. All I remember is, doesn't he pull out a weapon and then everybody around the table pulls out their weapon. Cause I think you're waiting for the whole epic part where that guy comes out and does his, um, like the little machete. Yes. Thing, like, like this. And then he just, he pulls out a gun and shoots him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like there's going to be a lot of callbacks cause it looked like they sort of like teased a little bit, the big rolling stone where he was running yeah. away from it. And then they also, they teased that. And, um, the, the the aging backwards part is there's there's flashbacks to when he was young and they are new scenes that were CGI to oh, make him look young. Wow. So I okay. I love that there's sort of like this multi generational uh, experience that we're going to get. It, this is likely his last one. I can't imagine he's going to do another one, but sort of like his like homage and love letter to the whole series to be able to come back. And I'm so glad it looks like it's centered around him, obviously being Indiana Jones, not, you know, his uh, father, obviously Sean Connery beyond the grave would not be able to make an appearance, but who knows? I mean, they did it for uh, Leia in star Wars, right? When Uh, Carrie Fisher passed away, they were able to to CGI her in too. So movie magic, you gotta love it. (laughs) Yes. You do have to love it. So I didn't have that as mine because I actually forgot about it because I think I would have picked that too. <laughs> but I ha- I can never pick just one. So I had put Dune Part 2 
because I love Timothy Chalamet and yes. I really enjoyed the first one. And I thought, oh, it's coming out. It looks so good. I keep seeing previews for it. So I get really excited. Now I've watched all the fast, fast and furious. And I know it's, it feels so far-fetched on family. Yeah. Family. <laughs> on everything, but <laughs> I will probably watch it. So that's why it it was in there. And of course, Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise and yes. all his vehicles are just he's just so good at that. So I do want to watch that. But one new one that I am anticipating is Blue Beetle. Yes. And I'm excited to see it because I love Sholo because he is in Cobra Kai. And so I'm really excited to see him because I just really enjoy him as an actor. And so I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited yeah. for it. So we just saw, uh, we, when we saw air last Friday, uh, we got to see the blue beetle trailer for the first time. And um, there was some buzz in, yeah. in the theater, but interesting, right? That that's the only new film coming out. And could you even say it's new because it's sort of part of a franchise or yeah. whatever the, the universe is. Um, is it, is that DC or Marvel? I don't even know. DC. 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 Okay. Comics. It's part of the DC universe. So every movie that we just mentioned is a sequel. I know. Except for that one. So interesting also. There are probably going to be some good ones that we don't know about, but I think because we're anticipating it, it's because it's something that we're familiar with, but we both loved everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Anything about it and just popped yeah. out like, what is this? So yeah, well, this is sort of an aside. Uh, wonder what's going to happen with original content or the speed at which films are made given the um, the writer strike that's impending. Mm. I don't know if you saw this, but this is sort of like, I, I've been seeing some of the SAG members are, they're voting on it now in real time to, to see if there should be a writer strike because they're holding out saying like all of these movies are making so much money and the writers are not earning the parody wow. according yeah. to how much money these movies are making. So there's, there's a potential writer strike. And I wonder mm. if, what that's going to do to either non-SAG member screenwriters like myself <laughs> could be a lane of opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah. is that bad for business? Right. Like, I don't know if that's a, a good, a good thing to go in and be a scab, you know, writer, or if these, uh, the studios are going to be desperate for content. I don't know. I guess remains to be seen. Yeah. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Friends out there, we want to know what is your most anticipated film for 2023? You can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at Screens in Focus. All of our social media links are on the website, screensinfocus.com. Would love to hear from you because we love movies here. And we want to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to be taking a closer look at some of the latest movies we've watched. We'll be sharing our thoughts on them, why we recommend them, and any potential drawbacks. So whether you're looking for new movies to add to your watch list or just want to hear our thoughts on the latest releases, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Okay, we're going to start with one of my favorites, and that is John Wick Chapter 4. I have seen the other John Wicks. I have loved them, but this one blew my socks off. For me, we're going to get to you, Courtney, in a minute and get your take on it. Take your time. (laughs) Keanu Reeves plays this iconic hitman on a worldwide mission to take down the most powerful players in the criminal underworld from New York to Paris to Japan to Berlin as he faces an increasing bounty on his life. Oh my gosh, and we see that 
uh, happening. It's 20 million. It's 25 million. (laughs) It's like, wow. Okay. So everybody's after him. I have to say, I really did love this. I loved it a lot. I thought the action sequences were amazing. The choreography, I thought it was engaging. I, it was thrilling to me. There were new characters introduced. I was just totally in it. I thought the first one was so good. I seen two and three, but to tell you the truth, can I remember them all? No, I, I remember uh, pieces of them. Only but the this... killing, killing the puppy scene. <laughs> oh gosh, no. <laughs> but this one, I really remember different aspects of it. I, and I think it's because different characters were also introduced. I know I, I couldn't even imagine what it took to film this. I kept thinking to myself, how did they do this? How did they choreograph this because it it's nonstop. It keeps going and going and going. And I was so impressed with Keanu Reeves, his physicality, his endurance, the choreography, um, his commitment to to his craft and just learning all of this. I, I saw a lot of behind the scenes on the stunt work that was done. He does a lot of his own. He calls it action work because he doesn't want to. He feels like stunts is basically like, you know, jumping out of an airplane or doing something like that. But or or fake because none of none of that is fake. Yeah, it's like he's really doing this. And then I saw him in his training and he's wearing like black jeans or something. He has no, he's barefoot. He's got a black t-shirt on. He looks so good. And he's just like, practicing or, you know, rehearsing, I should say, not practicing, rehearsing. So it's like, you know, he's doing this in the film and you see his face in the film and it's just astonishing. And so that just impressed the heck out of me. So I love him even more. And then I saw him, you know, on the circuit of promoting this and I saw him on uh, pieces of him on Kelly Clarkson and, and Drew Barrymore, and he's just so down to earth. Yeah, such a regular guy. It just it just, and then that makes me love him even more. So yes. I'm thinking he's impressive physically in this film. His acting, even though he doesn't have a lot of words, you still are acting though. There's still it's harder to act with less words. If yeah, people know or don't know that it's really true because you can't hide behind anything else. You have to just be who you are. So I was just really blown away. I really enjoyed different sequences in this. There was a the big car sequence in this. There was, oh, the stairs at the end. I'm not going to give it away, but there was a huge one climbing up this huge amount of stairs and everybody he has to fight off. It's like crazy. And there are comedic elements in this movie too. So that keeps you entertained. I feel like it wouldn't be Keanu if there wasn't a little bit of comedic interjection there. Yes. And, and I also, going back to what you were saying about having to almost act more with fewer words is I feel like not a lot of people could pull this off because he is so grounded and so centered as a, as a human being, like he, he's like a walking Zen garden. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like that that's a skill, but I also feel like, uh, you know, given that the script on written pages was probably only like 20 pages long <laughs> and <laughs> instead of your, you know, traditional 90 to hundred pages, yeah. it's probably a description of what the action oh. in the scenes, but you know, he, he's, he's just world-class at doing that. And, uh, 
I, I will say, I know that this is a huge franchise and people absolutely love it. And I'm such a massive Keanu Reeves fan. However, my own personal uh, preference towards movies is nonviolent. And yeah, peaceful. I know. So I, I feel like every time I have like a, an on off switch in my brain somehow that whenever I get into a situation where I have to go watch violence, my brain is like, good night. Oh <laughs> gosh. So yeah. I actually fell asleep during this movie, not because it wasn't great. I know I, 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 maybe I had a long day. I don't know, but my brain just turned off. So I, I don't have, th- this is all I have to say about this movie. Cause I was literally, <laughs> I paid, I paid for, uh, to be in a very dark room and to fall asleep in a movie chair. So <laughs> Apologies, Keanu. It's don't take it personally. <laughs> you told me that. I thought, oh my gosh, how did that happen? I understand not, you know, violence not being your favorite thing to watch. It, it is a lot of people's. I actually would say violent. It didn't used to be my favorite genre, but <laughs> I something's switched in me where. I, I maybe because there are so many movies with it. I don't know. Or my family watches a lot of it. And I get hooked by the story. If there is a story or an actor or something that's really gripping me, then it's just so much easier for me to jump in. I've yeah. said this so many times on my podcast episodes, just like The Walking Dead being my utmost favorite TV show ever. It's zombies eating people. I hated zombies. I didn't want anything before this, that show. I just didn't even want to get close, but it 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 pulled me in because I loved the characters and I was in for it. And so in this movie, in John Wick, there are a lot of new characters that are introduced and I really enjoyed seeing them all. I thought they were such great additions. Bill Skarsgård as the Marquis. He was such a good villain. I hated him. I'm like, you are so good at being bad. It's great. And then I really liked the tracker assassin and I, with the dog and his name is Shamir Anderson, if I'm saying it correctly. I just, there was something about him that I just really liked and I couldn't tell if he was going to be on John Wick's side or not. And he kind of, you weren't sure the whole way through either because you felt he kind of helped him, but then he was after the bounty also. So yeah. Well, I I do remember it did feel like it was a story of betrayal because of course, like I suppose his line of work, if you're in a a professional assassin, of course, who can you trust? Right. But that, that was sort of the, the, the line that I picked up. I did not fall asleep from the start. I did fall asleep maybe about (laughs) halfway through. (laughs) So I, I did manage to to get the plot line and the fact that there was a bounty on his head and it kept going up. I did get that. Yeah. um, But yeah, I I mean, it's kind of like, who do you trust even in a world where you have very few friends far between and they probably live across the globe. um, Even when you can't trust those people, all of a sudden when you're all alone, um, how are you going to survive? So yeah, I I assume he gets out alive at the end. (laughs) Wait, you didn't see, you didn't see the ending. I was asleep to the credits. Oh my God. <laughs> I family like didn't even wake me up. They should have elbowed you. It's the ending. Pay attention. I, I, I got, I got no excuse. Oh my gosh! So you had no idea when I was talking about the stare sequence at the end. No, you're probably just nodding like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was enjoying my own uh, sheep sequence. That is so fu- <laughs> your sheep. <sequence. laughs> 
it was really good. I, I hope you can somehow see it again. At least the ending, if, if your family purchases this film or somehow I mean, you get the chance. It is so well done. I, I, it really is. I And I'm, I think before halfway through, hopefully you saw the other characters, which was Hiroyuko Sanada, who plays Koji Shamuzu. He also, I think, was in Ronin with, can't remember the name, if it's Ronin 47, Ronin, that movie with Keanu. So they've acted before together. Oh, okay. And he, I love him. I, of course, you see him in so many other um, films and I just really like seeing him. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh, I hope he's a good guy. And yeah, he was a good guy helping him out. Then we get to see Donnie Yen, a martial arts legend. That was like, so good to me because he plays Kane, who's visually impaired. And you see this guy, I don't know if you saw this, but you see this guy blind fighting John. Oh, Wick. I did I did see that scene where they're in the kitchen or the, yes. the gallery and yes. he, he had like the little cane thing and he was using it as a weapon. I did see that. Yes. I, and, I, and the sound I those little that. those little devices yes. that he would put out to know when somebody walked by. Yep. that he would know that they're there and and then yeah then they you know the fight moves throughout the building there that they're in yes but it was so good he is so good and he also is really good at the end because they have to face off at the end okay no, don't spoil <laughs> it a, I, know, I, will, I, will, I will watch it when I'm it comes not back tell out. you but there is a face off at the end it is so good so pivotal so spot on there it, I can't even talk. That's how speechless it is. It's so good. And the fact that they kiss, (laughs) (laughs) they should, Uh, the additions of all these people is just so was so good. Just added to all of what John Wick already has. And also I just wanted to mention the veteran character actor, Lance Reddick, who died unexpectedly. Oh yes, I did read that. And you know, he's of course, this is his last film in John Wick. So miss him. If, if there's ever another John Wick, I'll miss him in general, but also miss him in this, in this series. Yeah. So out of all the John Wick films, I have to go back and watch the first one to, to be honest, but this one just was a highlight for me. So I want to tell everybody that I highly recommend it. The only drawbacks for me, and it's not even for me, it's for anybody else. The only drawback would be for anyone else is the length of time, because it is three hours, I think, or about that. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't like violence, then this may not be your cup of tea, but it has everything else. And it's so well done. It is so well done. So, all right, I'll give it five stars and one snooze. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also advise anyone to go watch in the making videos on this because that's what I did. I saw a lot of behind the scenes. I saw the director who is just um, just kind of a master at what he does. People really like him. Even the um, Donnie Yen was talking about how great he was and, and Keanu Reeves and just how he brings everything to life and it, how him and Keanu Reeves got together and they start like with a napkin and they start writing out what they hope the next film, this was previous on the thir- third one, I think they were writing out what they wanted the fourth one to be like, but oh, nice. you just hear, you just hear all these behind the scenes information and how he, the director wanted to 
incorporate elements of westerns and the underworld and mythology and he he was able to bring in 70s car chases and these attack dogs and samurais and jujitsu and nunchucks it just goes on and on and like who can do this who can put all these elements in a movie but he can and he does it successfully so wow that's john wick chapter four check it out in theaters okay (laughs) let's move on to the next film that we both have watched and that is dungeons and dragons honor among thieves it's a group of adventurers led by a charismatic thief set out on a journey to recover a lost treasure until their quest takes a dangerous turn this is an action-packed movie which brings the playful spirit of the legendary role-playing game to life on the big screen with humor and excitement what did you think of this movie I'm happy to report that I stayed awake the entire time (laughs) as I do most movies. Uh, And I was absolutely uh, in love with this movie. I thought it was so much fun. It was um, hilarious in parts. And I just, I love the storyline and the actors. I I think I'm I'm a super fan of all of the actors that played in this movie and the combination of all of them together. They had great charisma. It was Fantastic to see Hugh Grant playing Hugh Grant yeah. in the very best way that he he can play himself, his cheeky self. I loved I, I I didn't did I see it coming that he was gonna have the evil plot twist? I don't know. Maybe I did or not. But um and, and I'll tell you, it was really fun seeing this with my son, you know, who's 18, and to have him he I don't know how he does this, but probably because he watches TikTok and YouTube all day long, but like he knows the backstory to everything, right? So he he was able to uh, uh, give me a little bit more color around the fact that, like, oh yeah, you know, this is uh, this does follow the the sort of uh, choose your own adventure. You have to collect this before you can move on to this quest, and um, the the uh, you have to collect more people along the way to get you to your quest. It's very uh, video game like, yeah. And so I thought that that was really cool. Like they they couldn't. They couldn't go into the underworld until um, what's her name? Michelle Rodriguez's Holga's character finds the tither, tither tether. It, I think that's what it was called. The thing that, you know, puts holes in something and then you can come out and time travel over. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So because of the, one of the other characters was going to accidentally step on the very complicated bridge in the underworld that would prevent them from getting to where they needed to. So it's like in the video game version of that, then you would, you would likely go to the underworld, not be able to find a way and then have to venture back to her village to visit her, her ex husband in order to get this thing, (laughs) you know, and, and then I know and identify with her, like leaving a little breadcrumb saying, Oh, I stole that from a wizard you know, and I gave it to you as a walking stick, not knowing what that was. So it was like in my head while I was watching it, I was like, okay, I can totally see how this would be a video game, right? Yeah. Or a role-playing game, I guess. A role-playing, yeah. not video game. Well, yeah. I, I didn't they make it into a video Maybe. game? Maybe. I suppose it's just uh, the rolling the dice still. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't know either. But anyway, in, in short, I mean, there were so many scenes that the scene where, um, they have to go to the graveyard and resurrect the corpses oh, and ask them for this yeah, eternal, uh, eternal yeah. uh, spell breaking. I don't know why, but that scene just hit me in, right smack in the funny bone. And I was giggling. <laughs> I was like in hysterics. I don't know why. I just thought it was so funny that they <laughs> had to ask five. Three Brian questions had to ask five? me. He's like, he's like, huh? 
Yeah, it was five questions, yeah. but the first corpse that they resurrect and he's like, he's like, hey, is that the third question? Yes. No, I wasn't asking you. That wasn't the third question. Was it? Yes. And he falls back. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, I knew it. So funny. So hysterical. Like the comedic timing of that whole thing was just great. It was so well written. It was yeah. funny. Anyway, yeah, I, and I had I had many many favorite scenes in there, but I will sh I will tell you something. So Henry, my son, and I, we loved it so much that we decided, in anticipation of this podcast, to go back and watch it again in the theater. And you know what? It wasn't as good the second time. Ooh. And and I and I I asked Henry that I was like, why why was this not as good or entertaining the second time? He's like, because it was made like a video game and it, everything was so predictable. We knew exactly what was going to happen. Not because we'd already seen it. Although yes, of course, because we'd already seen it, but it like, because of the nature of the, of the structure of the movie, um, it just, it wasn't as, as entertaining. Cause you know, some movies you can go back and you can yes. watch a million times and, and they're yeah. so entertaining for me. That's the holiday. Yeah. Right. That the, the movie with Cameron Diaz and um, Kate Winslet. And, and we watch that movie every single year at Christmas and it never gets old. But for some reason, this one was like, oh, I think we've seen this. Yeah. We don't need to see it again, yeah. you know, uh -huh. but I still absolutely love it. I mean, and I love the fact that it had such a high audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, 90% still Rotten Tomato score, which I think is great. Yeah. Entertaining. That's, yeah, that is. And it was a really good movie. I did enjoy it too. I am not familiar with D&D, &D, although... I bought my character. We started. My sons and I, they haven't played previously either. And they bought the starter kit. And so we had attempted to play one game not knowing what we were doing. So when I saw that this movie was coming out, I thought, well, I want to see this movie because we're attempting to play this role-playing game and I want to know what's happening. So I was eager to see it. I was glad that I saw it. It helped me a little bit. I, I still don't know a lot of things, but now at least things make a little bit more sense. And I understand it because in this movie, we see Edgen, who is Chris Pine and Holga, yeah. who's Michelle Rodriguez, and they have several missions in this D&D &D campaign. And it's to save Kira, Edgen's daughter, and get revenge yeah. on Forge, stop the Red Wizards, and maybe find some loot along the way. And then they reunite yeah. with people, like as you had mentioned, with Simon, who is played by Justice Smith, who... I really like him. And that was another draw for me, even though he's a smaller character, maybe to some people. he He's been in a few things that I've watched on HBO. He, it was called Generations that I watched him in. And he's also in Jurassic Park. And so the newer one. So yeah. I are, he's already appeals to me. And so I thought, oh, he's in here. I really want to see him. So I enjoyed seeing him in this movie. And then the the person I didn't know was um, the shape-shifting druid named Doric. Her name is Sophia yeah. Lillis. I hadn't, I didn't I'm, know her going into me this. Neither. She was the only person I didn't know going into this, but she was great, a great addition. And then of course, the charming paladin named Zank, I think his name was, but it's um, Reggae Jean Page which I love him from Bridgerton. So yeah, um, he's been in some other movies too, but that's where I love him. So um, it was just really great to see these characters each bring, you know, their skill sets to the group in order to accomplish the goals, which helped me to understand how this works. So yeah, I did think it was a, a really fun, entertaining, lighthearted 
movie. And I don't even know if there was swearing or anything else in it, but I'm thinking that you could, this could be a somewhat family movie, maybe not tiny children, but you know. Yeah, um, it felt like a family movie. I mean, the second time when we went back to go see it, it was at a matinee and there were families, a bunch of families there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that that's great. I, I like it when a movie can appeal to families, you know, when they can all yeah. go together. And I did yeah. love seeing Michelle Rodriguez in her kick-ass mode. I, I just thought it was really cool to see her. And oh my gosh. Okay. The one funny part, I'm not going to blow it too much for anybody who hasn't seen this, but when she goes back to see her love, oh, <laughs> the cameo, <laughs> it's a cameo people of somebody who's really appears really small in this <laughs> in this cuz she's a and barbarian a yes, yes. cuz she's like a barbarian or something and it just is hysterical that yes. did make me laugh like i was chuckling hard oh it was so it was so funny it was um it was a good addition to the movie and, well yeah and i felt like that like that that's a, just a great example of another easter egg you know that they'll like they'll just kind of plant a little fun easter egg in there that just is surprise and delight yes it it is it truly is and i felt like they were such a family and i again i'm not going to spoil the ending but you have your family you make your family which is funny because you know uh with michelle rodriguez being in in the fast series how family is family yes, family and so she can't get away from it <laughs> so she's <laughs> always got some family with her i would say to me the only drawback is it was a little bit predictable but who, if you're having fun, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of uh, of comedies and other shows that are predictable, and I just love them. So yeah, well, yeah, I feel like the predictability of it was a bit like the video game structure. You know, like in, in the movie sense, it, it can't be like a like a game structure in that they couldn't just go like for in the example I used, they couldn't just go to the underworld and discover that they needed to go back to the village to get the the thing right. So. I think in that sense, it sort of needed to be a bit pre predictable mm -hmm. in, in in the, the True. build True. of where they were going. Yeah. So, um, but I also, that's part of what I loved about it too, because there's something to be said about just good old fashioned, feel good, yes. make you laugh, clever, predictable movies. Like yeah, that to is. me out the door is my favorite kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. All right. So go watch it in the theaters. Yeah. Two thumbs up. What else did you get to watch? So uh, we last week we saw Air, which uh, I know you have not seen yet. So no, I, I would love to. I don't know if I'll make it to the theaters, but I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it because I do want to see it. Yeah. So Air, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, is the biographic pick of the um, story behind how uh, Nike got, or Michael Jordan to sign on to be the namesake of their uh, yet to become popular. And uh, we all know how this turns out, uh, Air Jordan shoe. And uh, me being in the advertising marketing business, uh, Nike, of course, iconic brand. This is how they became iconic because at the time, and this was in the, I believe, late 70s, early 80s, I think, uh, Nike was not having the top market share, uh, especially in the basketball world. Um, they were known as joggers, believe it or not, and uh, were competing against uh, Converse and uh, I believe uh, who Adidas uh, at the time had a lot higher market share than Nike did. 
So it's a story about the uh, the marketing executive who uh, saw something in Michael Jordan and just decided to go all in and had to convince uh, Phil Knight, who is the co-founder and CEO of, of Nike, played by Ben Affleck in the movie, mm. um, that this was this was the way to go. Uh, and it took a lot of convincing because Michael Jordan uh, was a young kid coming out of high school, coming uh, already being drafted into the NBA. I, although I believe he did, he was in college. Sorry, not coming out of high school. He was in college and uh, was in the top twenty draft picks, of course. But he was not the number one draft pick. Uh, but he was already being courted by every other shoe company out right. there. And the um, the brilliance behind. Uh, Matt Damon's character, who plays uh, a character named Sonny Vaccaro, who is the marketing and sales exec over at Nike, and then his his boss, played by Jason Bateman, named Rob Strasser, finding a way to not only convince uh, Michael Jordan's mom, who is played by uh, Viola Davis, who we all love, love her, Morris <laughs> Jordan, um, and uh, it, it's how he's able to convince her and come up with what sets Nike apart from these other big shoe companies in order to woo Michael Jordan over. So it's it's a David and Goliath story, another storyline that I love that's very predictable uh, story about the underdog. In this case, the underdog is Matt Damon's character uh, and Nike itself. And just the, um, I think, willing to go all in on something and not necessarily giving him what uh, Viola Davis's character, uh, Michael Jordan's mother, was asking for in the beginning, which is what all the other shoe companies were offering him, but instead getting really creative and uh, having this be a, a movie based in relationship. Mm, and yeah. uh, I think that, that that was really felt by the Jordan family as depicted in this movie anyway. And um, there, there's a... I, one of the other characters who I I don't I don't know that I've ever seen him. His uh his name is Chris Messina. He plays Michael Jordan's agent. Um, apparently he starred in two other Ben Affleck films, Argo and and was it Live by Night or Live by Night, which I also did not see. Um, but he plays a great character. He doesn't have a lot of scenes, but he plays Michael Jordan's agent, and of course is like as agenty as you would expect, but <laughs> is really funny in that role. Uh, and then also um, Marlon Wayans, who plays a character named George Raveling, who is a, a Division One basketball coach, uh, who apparently, you know, in Michael Jordan's life was also pretty influential and had ties with Nike as well. So it's just a it's a really entertaining story. I can imagine that they had room in the budget it's in order to pay the salaries of all of those characters. Um this had to be a relatively low budget film, right? For the most part, it was only shot in like Nike headquarters, which I'm sure was one, one confined set. And then they venture off to Michael Jordan's family home, which was just in a neighborhood. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. And then they use uh, real life footage. And the interesting thing is we never see Michael Jordan's face in this entire uh. movie. There, there's one scene where he comes into the conference room for the negotiation and you only see like a, a kind of a backside view of him. Um, but that's it. Ah, that's so, the budget. <laughs> they couldn't that's the budget. <laughs> the, well, and that's what I mean. Like, they're like, okay, no fancy like airport shots here or where you can't clear out, you know, if, rent out a full stadium to recreate these basketball scenes. We're going to have to just rely on all of our old real footage and everything is going to have to be on a really simple interior set. But all these actors, there are a lot of big actors in this. 
So well, that's what I mean. In order to afford the budget for the movie, I'm sure that they way scaled back the set. The set list. They're like we're paying the shot, for all the, the shot list because uh, yeah. location we're not paying for. Yeah, it. yeah, because there's well, a it, lot of people here. You've named so many people that are in it. So that's oh, I mean, crazy. It's, and it, it was nice to see. Um, to see uh, Chris Tucker, yeah, back, who also has a role, right? Yeah, he, he plays the, the Nike exec heading up the Air Jordan brand. He has not been in anything since 2007. I was going to say I haven't um, seen him in anything in a while, and I saw them all on a talk show. I don't know if it was Kelly Clarkson or not. I just saw a piece of it, and whatever he was saying, he was funny. He's a funny guy, yes, right? He like, is. <laughs> I don't know. He just took a hiatus for whatever reason, right. but it was really nice to see him back on the big screen. Yeah. And um, and we all know how the story turns out too, which is kind of fun about these movies that are biographies, you know, that tell the story that we already know how it turns out. Speaking of predictable, but it it kind of feels good because it makes you feel like you're seeing the behind the scenes build about how. Air Jordan brand became, you know, this multi, I don't know if I wrote it down in my notes that whatever it made, like however much billion it returned back to Nike and made them, you know, the obvious market share yeah. owner in, in basketball shoes. So the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> so you really enjoyed it, this movie. I did. Yeah. I love, I really liked it. I thought it was super entertaining and, um, I, I would recommend to go see it. Great. I can't wait. I do want to see it. I do like to learn about the backstory of things that we just wouldn't think about. I think that they're great to learn about. Plus, and then with all the actors, I thought, oh, I really want to see them working together. So I will check that out. All right. So the next movie is Super Mario Brothers. Which you you can talk about this because I did not see this. <laughs> I went and saw this on Easter. I almost did not see it because I had seen Dungeons and Dragons earlier in the day. So I was opting for one film. But my sons are like, we're inviting you and you're not going. I'm like, okay, I'll go. So I went and I'm really glad I did go. I did. It was it was a fun experience. It's, of course, a blockbuster. It's an animated adventure based on the classic video game. And it crushed, crushed the competition with 204.6 million domestic. That's just for the weekend, that Easter weekend. Yeah. And 377 million global debut. So I, that is so staggering. Yeah, it is. I, I it broke so like, hard to believe all these records. Why do you think that is? Like, just because there hasn't been a lot of kid movies, yes. like really family-friendly movies, and so they're really jonesing to get out. I read that it was that, but also it appealed to a wide variety of people, meaning it was men and women, and it, the age was young and older. So yeah, it Gen wasn't, Xers and their, and their kids. It wasn't just a certain generation, or it wasn't just men, or it wasn't just women. It was everybody, because... There's a lot of nostalgia here. And so yeah. people want to see it. And there's a lot of new younger kids that see it. And there's, you know, parents who who played, you know, the games and want to take their children. And it's just yeah. and it is a family movie. You can go see it and it's very watchable. It basically Mario gets ready to square off against the all-powerful Bowser to stop his plans from conquering the world with the help of Princess Peach. And what I did like about it, because I'm always looking at for the characters and what's happening with them. But for me, it's about these two brothers and they're the underdog and they're starting this new plumbing business and they're, 
you know, father isn't too keen on them quitting a, a regular job that they have. And of course, the boss that they quit thinks that they're not going to amount to everything. So everybody's kind of down on this new um profession that they're taking on. And so you feel for them, right? And then also to watch them as brothers and how they have each other's back and how Mario has always taken care of Luigi. Oh man, that just melts my heart. What? Because since I have boys, it just (laughs) works for me having, you know, brothers. And so it was just good. And then just all the Easter eggs, the Mario Kart, so much happens, the mushrooms, um, just all kinds of things. And it has a great, great cat cast. Chris Pratt is Mario. Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. Charlie Day as Luigi. Jack Black as Bowser. I'm going to say something about him in a second. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. And Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. And you... How... Oh, how fun must that entire read must have been? Like, I hope that they were able to do it with each other because yes, that's, I hope that's so. an A-list of comedians right there. Yeah, so true. Uh, I also want to say there was really good music, which really helped for uh, a certain generation. They had Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler, Take On Me by AHA, and Thunderstruck by ACDC. And so those songs, I'm like, nice. wait, these are all my songs, right? And yep. they're all playing. So. um you know, that was fun also. Okay. The one little thing that I want to say about um, Jack Black as Bowser, there is a video out right now and I'm going to, going to put it in the show notes. It is of him singing the Peaches song. It is so hysterical. It's just him. It's not in the, I mean, the song is in the um, movie, but they directed this music video of him. Yeah. And he's dressed up in a Bowser costume and he comes out to play the piano, but he's so, he's such a character. He's such a character. And you see a little bit of that school of rock in him. And and then the way he sings and his performance, it's just so funny. I love seeing it. So please check out that YouTube video on, uh, with him singing peaches. It's really, really good. I will. I will. I'm a huge Jack Black fan. Yeah, I, I am too. All right. So Courtney, I would like to know, do you have any other movie recommendations? I do. I do. Um, In the theaters, uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is coming out on April 28th, I believe. Uh, I will be the first in line. Judy Bloom defined my my teenhood. Me too. A million percent. So I can't wait to see that. And then... um, What took so long? I know, right? And how did this movie get made in this day and age that seems that we've regressed back about 50 years. (laughs) Who knows? But I'm so glad that it did. Um, I hope it's Renfield. I know me too. We're seeing Renfield um, tonight. (gasps) I can't wait. That's the Nicolas Cage vampire movie, um, which I know I say I hate violent movies. This one looks to be just as violent as they come. So, you know, it's a comedy though. It's a comedy. (laughs) Hopefully I won't fall asleep. Um, And uh, then uh, Already out on uh, on the apps, whatever Prime, Netflix, uh, the Murder Mystery Two, uh, which I saw you had on your list. I also agree. I'm come on, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. So you good. can't go wrong with this duo. I'll watch them in anything, and it was really fun. Also, sort of in the same vein, a Shotgun Wedding with uh, with J Lo and Josh Duhamel. I thought that was kind of cute. Also, escapist kind of a movie. So those would be my recommendations. And that's on Prime, right? That's on Prime, yeah. yeah. I agree. Murder Mystery 2. I thought this one was funnier than the first one. 
I really yeah. liked it. I found myself laughing throughout the whole thing, the whole thing and laughing out loud. I don't do that too often anymore on newer movies that I watch. So I loved it. I thought, oh my God, yeah. you're making me laugh. Adam Sandler and his one-liners, he just says it so good. And they really had a great chemistry together. Yeah. So I just, I loved it. I, I just thought it was great. And it was funny each time because they're trying to solve a kidnapping and, and a murder that happens. But first, they think it's them. And everybody's in their rooms. And then everybody keeps knocking on their door, knocks on their door. They move the stuff out of the way of the door. They let the person in. <laughs> yes. Then they talk to them for a, a few seconds. And then someone else knocks on the door. And then they hide that person. And then they have to push the furniture off the door again. And every time somebody comes in, they keep pushing the furniture off, pushing the furniture on. I know that sounds really silly, but it, it was hysterical. And everybody yes. hiding in different new places. They're all, let me hide in the closet. They're like, no, 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 let's hide you over here because <laughs> they already hit somebody <laughs> in the closet. So it's really fun. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah, I agree. So I thought Murder Mystery yeah. 2 on Netflix was great. I also would like to recommend Boston Strangler on Hulu. It's a true crime with Kira Knightley as one of the women who investigates, who's an investigative reporter. It was very enlightening. I, of course, had heard of the Boston Strangler as I was growing up so much, but I didn't know anything about it. And I loved learning about it. Also, how the police at the time weren't um, connecting these murders. And it took, you know, these women journalists to piece it together. And also, these women had a hard time being women at that time, I believe it was in the 60s, uh -huh. uh, having a job and being taken seriously. They right. reflect on that also. So this movie has a lot of uh, elements in it that um, I just found very interesting and enlightening. It's on my list. So I would highly recommend that. Plus, I love Kira Knightley. I just like everything she yeah. does. So it is a great film. I also wanted to recommend Wom The Woman King. The reason I'm concentrating on these um, couple with women, because a lot of the main movies had a lot of men in them. And I love men. Yes. <laughs> I love men. I love movies. But I also want, there are some great, films out there with women in them too. And so The yes. Woman King is on Netflix. It's Viola Davis. She is amazing. It's set in the 1800s. Women warriors protect the African kingdom of Dahomey, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And there are these very skilled, fierce women. It's a great film. It'll make you feel good. And uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Okay, so we have recommended these movies. So John Wick Chapter 4, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Air, Super Mario Brothers, Shotgun Wedding, Murder Mystery 2, Boston Strangler, and The Woman King. Oh boy, we hope you will check these out and let us know what you think. For more TV and movie recommendations, go to my blog at screensandfocus.com. I just put out a recent blog that has 50 TV and movie recommendations. So please subscribe to stay up to date. And I also encourage you to watch my weekly Facebook Lives on what to watch this week on Screens and Focus Facebook page. Thank you, Courtney, for joining me today. Thank you. I love your recommendations. I cannot wait to see them. My pleasure. I love your perspective and your feedback. Likewise. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, 
some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website at screensandfocus.com and please tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.